Welcome to another episode of On the Issues with Alain Ben-Mir. Today's guest is Azadeh Nikzadeh, an Iranian writer, director, producer, and women's rights activist. Azadeh's current project is a short film inspired by the true story of Serena Ismailzadeh, a young teenager who was brutally murdered by security forces during a women's rights protest in September 2022 that aims to shed light on the struggles of Iranian women and their fight against state-led violence. In this episode, Alan and Azadeh discuss the current status of women's rights in Iran, the current protests in Iran against mandatory hijab, and what role the international community can play in the fight for democracy and freedom in Iran. So again, you know, thank you so much for, for um, joining me on this uh, very, very important podcast because uh, women issues uh, and generally human rights issues is extremely, extremely important for me. I've been I've devoted so much my many many years to that and I continue to do so uh, as we speak. So I very very much admire your work, and and um, and I hope some people are listening to what you have to say and what you've been saying all along. Uh, tell me, you know, I, I I understand that you are currently working on a, a new, um, not a video but short film. What is it consistent of? What it is, the subject matter, and what are you trying to project? Yes. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for the opportunity to be uh, in your podcast. Um, you know, I'm I'm a filmmaker and also a women's rights activist. And my main, you know, when I make films, especially like the films that I write and direct, uh, I explore the concept of uh, violence against women. Uh, especially systematic and state-led violence uh, that exists uh, in the Middle East, particularly in Iran, and uh, we also see in uh, Afghanistan. Uh, and they they use religion, or I can say they misuse religion, uh, to justify uh, the oppression on women uh, and uh, like uh, justify this this type of violence. And it's it's uh, like systematic. Uh, uh, oppression and that exists in those countries and let me say systematic uh, I mean there are there are laws um, in place even in, in constitution for example in Iran or in Afghanistan that oppress women in very detailed uh, way sometimes um, like uh, for example like the biggest one you know is just like women don't have the freedom to choose what they want to wear, especially when it comes to hijab and wearing the headscarf. Uh, and then also, for example, uh, if you go to the court, uh, you're like, how you valued half uh, as a man. And yeah. um, other things, for example, if you uh, compete for a job with a man, the man, um, there's a higher chance that the job goes to the man because uh, it's considered the man is considered the breadwinner, even though we have a large um, population of women that are educated, uh, but they don't, uh, you know, they don't have uh, the opportunities to go and study, uh, to go and work. Uh, and sometimes, you know, like they have to just continue studying because there is not um, like opportunities in work, uh, like for working. Uh, for them as as it exists for men um and like other subtle things for example if they want to travel if you want to travel outside iran uh in order to uh, obtain uh, your pa a passport you should have permission from your either your father if you're not married and if you're married from uh your husband and uh if you travel uh, travel within iran um you cannot go to a hotel you cannot you cannot go to a hotel if you're a woman under 40 uh and like this you, you mean she cannot go to a hotel no, by herself yes yes exactly uh and these are just like extremely humiliating you know they're they're in place to just like devalue women integrity and um, and also it's 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 like as I mentioned it's systematic it's in the law it's uh, it's just like in, in there uh, to oppress women and for them like oppressing women uh, is a way uh, to control um, 
the narrative and to control the population and to continue the reign of uh, fear. Um, and I believe because, um, you know, because women, like if we educate women, if we have uh, strong, powerful uh, women that are leaders and they can bring change. Women are so powerful and that's, you know, change is something that dictators don't want. So they don't want it. They don't like it. Um, and you mentioned the film. So I, I had to give you like this background, especially to your audience, as if um, they don't know exactly what it is. When I say like systematic violence, that's what we're talking about. That's like right. all this um, web, intricate, intricate web that exists within uh, like uh, the laws and constitution and uh, they're uh, reinforced and is being reinforced by like uh, tradition and religion uh, and all that uh, to prevent change and progress uh, in the society, especially uh, for women. And uh, so that's, that's the thing that I explored in my film. And uh, I also like I made a short film about um, the concept of temporary marriage. That's just like something that is uh, used in uh, or misused in Iran uh, as a way to oppress women and take away their integrity. Uh, in uh, my another uh, short film that I made, and uh, that film, um, you know, went to a lot of. Um, different events um uh, like some festivals and like uh, a lot of events that are that talk about uh freedom of religion um and human rights um um like events and uh, we had a screening at the museum of tolerance in la uh, and it was great um and now um and that you know that's a topic that no one knows about like temporary marriage and how they they're using it to oppress women um, and now this one with the movement that um, the movement of Iranian and, and the revolution of Iranian women that started in September uh, after the death or the brutal death of uh, Mahsa Amini and only because she wore her, her scarf, uh, quote unquote, improperly by the law. Uh, so, uh, you know, I find it very impressive in many, many, many ways, uh, because uh, I, I, I'm, I'm from Iran and I lived in Iran for like um, 20, 30 years. And I experienced that oppression and that uh, persecution, both as a, a woman and as an artist in Iran. And uh, so I really, I'm really moved by the courage of these women Right. to uh, come to the streets without his scarf and to protest and to continue protest like even though like uh we, we still have uh, strikes going on we still have like uh protests going on in iran and still uh despite that um like women are still come and there's a lot of oppression that comes and uh, threats threats that comes from the government uh, and they want to um, take back, take everything back to where it was before, and it's not going to happen. So, so you know, I want to ask you first: you know, who who is your target in making this movie, yes, and yes. what means, and what means are you using? What channels are you using to be able to disseminate so that more and more people see them see your film? Yes. Uh, so, uh, you know, like um, one of the, uh, like the, you know, after the uh, revolution and, and women coming out, there, there were a lot of, they killed so many people uh, brutally, so many protests, uh, protesters. And uh, one of them was a 16 year old, a year old teenager called Sarina Ismailzadeh. And uh, she was a YouTuber and she was posting uh, like uh, YouTube videos on social media and about like social issues, uh, which I know like even that uh, could be very dangerous uh, doing that in Iran. And I was very uh, impressed by her courage to do that. And she joined the protest and she got brutally murdered during the protest. Um, I was inspired by her her action. Uh, I don't want to tell that sad story. Instead, uh, our film 
tells the uh, healing journey uh, that, uh, you know, as Serena reconnects with her hair and her invincible nature of womanhood, uh, we uh, go with her through trauma, from trauma to healing and empowerment and leading the fight uh, against, um, you know, the oppressive uh, forces. Uh, and um, yes, and so that's that's the main um, you know story of the film. Yeah, and do you, do you feel that you'll be able to have it seen through through social media in Iran itself? You um, you know, like we are, we uh, our hope is just like release it to the festivals, and then uh, alongside the festivals, which are like great platforms to bring attention and create have like Q and A sessions and. Uh, bring attention to the uh, issue. We also uh, want to have like a um, social impact campaign, and we already started connecting to a lot of uh, organizations, human rights organizations, women rights organizations. I'm in talk with United Nations Commission on the Status of Women and different, uh, you know, um, countries that sit in that ta like table uh, during that council commission and uh, uh, reach out to first of all women in those countries and um, you know make them uh, aware about the situation that is happening in Iran and also reach out to and directly and indirectly reach out to uh, decision makers and politicians and uh, make them uh, help us you know pass bills or um, take actions that uh, actually help women in Iran. For example, I can give you an example. I just saw a, a campaign that was going on, that is going on right now that invites um, like the redefinition of apartheid into like, like also including gender apartheid in that mm -hmm. sense. Uh, countries like governments like Iran and Afghanistan they become apartheid regimes because it's, it's they're like uh, you know everything in those countries, as I mentioned, um, are designed to oppress women. So, and if we have that in, for example, in the United Nations, uh, that's a huge win because we can say like, okay, this this is this regime, this is an apartheid regime, gender apartheid regime, and we can have. Uh, sanctions or we can have like um like a coalition behind the movement and uh behind women and whatever like the democracy that we really want um i think what that that is exactly what the people in iran uh want like democracy and it's very like this that this is just one example of like uh if yeah, yeah. you know the changes that we can like really uh mention and talk about and like encourage women to talk to take action call their senators call their congressmen especially in european countries um yeah because like europe has relationship like they, they have like a uh, economical relationship with the, with iran more than usa uh so for them it's not really to their benefits to cut ties or put sanctions as opposed to, you know here so i think like if you can reach out to those women to uh you know uh hold those politicians accountable for uh well, women well, where in iran or are you talking here uh no it's like for uh here like uh, whatever we can do here uh outside iran in iran i think like if uh, we can if uh, there is a way i'm not sure if my film would be allowed in any way to be screened in iran because um it's it's a film that's against the government uh, so the only thing that we can do is just like uh, having content in Farsi in our social media uh, campaign and like help women and uh, teach women and like teach everyone. Yeah, well, but will be able? Will, will you be able to actually have the film being seen in on, through social media, like on Instagram or Facebook? With, how long is the the, the film? Oh, it's going to be a like eight minute film. Now tell me, I want to ask you a few questions about now since the revolution. Let's call it a revolution. But like I think it is in September yeah. when uh, Maha Amini was in fact uh, you know killed. Um, in your from your own assessment, to what extent do you think so far 
the women movement have succeeded, uh, to what extent that dent has been has taken a place? That is, I know that the Iranian government continues to crack down on women, but however, not to the extent that they have before September. So they have eased the situation somewhat, but they're still trying to put the pressure on women. For, for example, if they defy the wearing of the hijab, they can go to school, they cannot find a job, they can be warned, they can be punished in one form or another. So to what extent do you think this uh, a trend of easing the pressure, albeit not officially, will continue in order to reach, uh, you know, to be able to eventually, whether in a year or two or three, to eventually get rid of the hijab, and the government will basically accept the fact that women are not going to adhere to it. Do you think that's a possibility, given if this government in Iran continues to exist? Uh, I really, I don't think they want to change. Like that, that's the thing about dictatorships; they don't like to change and all that. I, I, honestly, I'm not sure if they're really easing it. It's just like women. Like the the thing is that like uh, the fear there is there has been like a wall of fear that crumbled, and now women are uh, coming out without a headscarf, for example, courageously. And I think that's that is the thing that like that. The huge changes, like the crumble of the fear, wall of fear, as I mentioned. Yeah, well, what I'm referring to, for example, the morality police. Mm -hmm. They used to be roaming around more often than they roam today. They're still right? there. They're still there. They're still there. But They're is it with there. the same intensity, with the same numbers? Oh yes. With, yeah. you, you know, they, they are there. Uh, for for example, I mean, like this is what I heard from my friend who was in Iran. For example, she was like, okay, if you want to enter a cafe, there is a, a there is a police or morality police at the uh, like entrance, and they check if you have hijab or not. And uh, if you don't, ha if you don't have hijab, they don't let you inside. Okay, but so, well, they won't let you inside. Yeah, would they do they, something else? Would they punish the the women nevertheless, or just simply they won't let her inside? That's okay, what I'm trying to make because, that distinction. This is like, for example, the cafe is a uh, private place, right? So they just they don't they just uh, let them inside. So they have to if they want to go inside, they have to wear uh and then uh wear it and then uh, women they wear it and then they go to, to to the cafe for example and then they remove their uh head of scarf and but but here's uh, this is what's happening if they uh um if they see that like if they uh for example the owner of the cafe uh allow, allows that they're going to close down uh the cafe and this is what they're doing. So, uh, yes, maybe they're not going after women the way they used to, but they're they're uh, they're like shutting down the businesses, and it's been like shutting down the businesses. They shut down the entire uh, national park because uh, there were like women without head scarf. In yeah, that but sh shutting businesses now, some call them even some um, let's call them moderates from the clergy saying. We need to prioritize. That mm -hmm. is, if we continue to shut businesses because they are not adhering to the mandatory wearing of the hijab, allowing women to go in, we close these businesses. And they continue to, if they close more and more businesses, well, that's going to have tremendous impact on the economy, which is already reeling from terrible conditions. That's how it So, what is the government? Is the government trying to balance between the two things? That is prioritizing is the business under this mandatory evil law that is exist. Is do you see any movement in an in an effort to balance between the two? Uh, I don't think so. I think like it's just like they're at this at this point, they uh, they're just like trying to move the law uh, like the mandatory uh, hijab law more than like uh, economy. You know, like the thing is, they don't care about economy. In my opinion, they just don't care about economy. They don't care about people. They care about their existence more. And I think I believe, I you know, I don't. I'm I'm one of those people that just like saying like uh, they don't change. And it's very important that people understand that the dictatorships don't change. And they this, this, this is true. This is true. But some some say you know some of the clergy consider this wearing the hijab as if it were existential importance. You just mentioned that, you know, they want to exist. To what extent, I know I understand religion. I mean, I've studied Islam and I know 
but Islam does not. The 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 Quran itself. There is no place in the Quran that I am aware of that say women have to do this and women have to do this. This is all the interpretations of various imams over the centuries. And there's uh, you know male chauvinism is a is obviously prevalent everywhere you go, but specifically in societies like Iran, like Afghanistan, that chauvinism is at its you know manifests itself in a most gruesome way sometimes, which is happening right now in Iran. So, so uh, the businesses are impacted. There's no question about it. Again, do you see a, a months from now, a few months from now, a year from now? I mean, if this trend to continue, you you still feel that the government is not going to concern itself with the with the with the with the economy, which is in bad shape, to begin like with. I, you know what, you know what, I I feel like I feel like. Within a few months or year, like less than I expect my expectation is like less than two years. Uh, I expect some uh again another protest, huge protest happening, um or something like that again, and just going to continue. Right now we have strikes. Yeah. The economy is so bad that like uh teachers are on strikes. Uh, oil workers are on strike. So my expectation is just that they continue at least like let's say to, in a two year period. Uh, my expectation is just they, they insist to go back to what it was, the situation was before. And, uh, and I think that's their policy right now. Uh, and that's the oppression and like the, all the economy, uh, the crumble of um, economy is going to bring another eruption because well, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's my expectation like and my expectation yeah. is just like um this is this is a fight that would uh, you know that will definitely take uh, a number of years i don't expect like ha happening it honest i don't know something huge i mean yeah, yeah, yeah this... i expect it to happen at least five to ten years i don't know uh, i mean this is what i'm uh, you know alluding to that is Obviously, the change, the pressure on businesses now is somewhat that have been taken, tolerated. But there isn't the as they increase the pressure on businesses, and they're going to be counter, counter, quote unquote, revolutionary movements saying, uh, if the country cannot exist, uh, if if the businesses continue to close down as a result of some, uh, you know, uh, mandatory, uh, archaic. Demand that women wear uh, wear hijab. My other question is: In all of this, do you see women in Iran actually support the government publicly? That is actually women saying we should women should wear hijab. Is it coming from women? I do. Can you identify some women in Iran itself or elsewhere who actually support? What the uh, government is trying? Yeah, to do? I know uh, probably the wives of the members of IRGC, like the SEPA and Vestiges, and they, uh, they're the ones that uh, they actually, you know, they, uh, they rule, they can, like, I can say, like, uh, the majority of women are against the law, and then uh, these kind of uh, mandatory hijab, um, and especially because um, in, in Iran, like, like my, my, my mom, for example, they uh they grew up in a uh, place like in in Iran that was free and they didn't have to wear head of scarf so it wasn't a culture for them and we grew, uh, we grew up like I grew up like as uh, knowing that oh this is not right yeah and this is not Iranian culture uh and so it's the uh, so it, it just it was just a repelling of uh, hijab existed in Iran like through that because of that period um and um uh, and i think like the majority of women uh, they grew up uh, like that unless they were like very um, traditional very religious yeah. women uh especially if they're the women that are connected to like i don't know basiji sepahi or whatever that yeah, are that, that, ruling yeah, right. in the ruling and they they you know they go to specific schools they get specific, um, you know, uh, teachings that are like very, um, so yeah, oh my god, extreme, extreme, yeah. and like, uh, yeah, yeah. 
yeah and they they might they definitely like they say oh no women should wear her scarf it's the is the islam so it's just, they're kind of like brainwashed into uh, like have, thinking that this 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 is like coming from god and it's sacred and it's very important and yeah and this and you know i think this these are the women that we need to reach out to right but let me let me go back to what the original question i asked you when I say, do you do you know women who are actually advocating that wearing of the hijab is necessary for moral reason, other reason? And you mentioned the wives of the, of the uh, clerics, wives of the national guards and other. But do these women, the wives, the sister, do they actually say anything publicly, or it is it's just known that they really not have no choice but to support that because their husband. Uh, support this. I'm asking if they see any women in Iran actually publicly say women ought to do so who are who are not necessarily wives of the various, uh, you know, uh, government officials. Are they such women who um, actually speak publicly in favor of wearing a job and and uh, in a modest uh, clothing wearing? I don't think so. I mean, the only ones that I know of are the ones that are connected to the regime or uh, they're getting uh, you know, connected to some groups. But I don't think like, for example, a traditional religious uh, woman that's just like, is not connected to anyone, but just believes in the, like in Islam, in heart, they don't want to impose it. That's because the I feel, I think this is one point need to be brought up in terms of, you know, that more than 50% of the Iranian population are women. Mm -hmm. More than 50% are women. And you still are in there saying, of course, I, I accept what you're saying. If there is not a single woman who is not, even the wives and the sisters and all of that, who, who actually wear hijab because they don't really have a choice. So there is no woman coming out and saying, yes, women ought to be wearing hijab. I mean, should this should this point be brought up in in your work, for example? You know, since fifty percent of the women in the, of the population are, are women, why there isn't a single woman actually who's coming up and say wear hijab? It's necessary because A, B, C, and D. Shouldn't that be more and sure, more emphasized? Sure, sure, definitely we can have that. You know, like uh, this, uh, my film is definitely like an eight minute short film. Uh, but we, uh, you know, as I mentioned, we got, we're going to have like a social impact campaign uh, that brings like, uh, we have like posts about it and we can talk about it for sure. Uh, that like women um, in, you know, I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not yeah. necessarily saying in this, in this particular film that you are making, but as a general uh, observation, I think uh, ought to be thought in those terms that is challenging the, the the authorities in Iran. You know, you men, you're the men who are imposing this. Where are the more voices of the women who actually believe in what you are saying? You know, put them on the spot. This is oh, everybody who's demanding that is a male chauvinist. But where are the women? Are there any women who actually support this uh, draconian uh, role that? that the clergy is imposing. The other thing I wanted to ask you, you know, they are encouraging ordinary people, ordinary people on the street to enforce wearing the hijab. Do you see this? How is it, uh, how prevalent it is that actually a man in the street who sees a woman without hijab actually interferes and say, you have to wear hijab. Or yeah. the government is encouraging that to do. The, uh, the government, you, you know, like the government does that. And it's been something that like, uh, I think it's a system that they learned from Russia to just use your neighbor to report you if you're doing something wrong. Uh, and it's been it's been going on in Iran. And it's been it's not it's never been successful in Iran. And like, on the contrary, there's been like many, many cases that um when for example um uh, like morality police or uh they like they try to uh take away women like arrest women for um uh, like uh wearing or not wearing head or scarf uh men actually uh come and they uh, they protest and they try to save the women and there has been like in especially like in the uh, past few months i'm you know i've seen like many videos that are coming out of iran 
that actually men are um, protecting women and protest and try to stop uh, the morality police. And like we also had like men uh, during the revolution, like uh, there were a lot of men uh, that joined uh, the protest and they got killed and executed sadly. And uh, I think like, this is like um, people in, in Iran understand, uh, especially like men and women, all of them, they understand that this oppressive system, this oppressive regime is not good for them. And I think that's the difference between, uh, as I know, I, it's my personal belief, but it's some of the difference that I see between Iran and Afghanistan is that in Afghanistan, there are men that actually support uh, oppressing of women. Uh, but in Iran, uh, I think like 44 years of oppression uh, taught us like a good lesson that the opp oppression is not a good regime, it's not a good system. And that's why uh, men and women, we are all fighting that and we hope for democracy. Yeah, I mean, you're making a distinction. You know, before 1979, before the revolution, um, I, the, the Iran was a in an open society um, compared to many Western communities in terms of culture, dress, and all of that. It was a very, very open society. And so we, like you mentioned before, culturally speaking, the Iranian public is not, has not been um, only in last, since 79, if you're talking about uh, 20, 44 years or so since the revolution. So that is not enough to uh, ingrain this kind of culture into into the society because there's still many, I would say roughly 40 to 50 percent of the Iranian population being born before in 79. So there's that that sense of freedom, that sense of still exists because that culture has not been imbued thoroughly into the Iranian society. In Afghanistan, however, there was only temporary reforms, temporary democracy, and it's vanished. So before the revolution, that is when the Taliban, um, uh, before the war, there was no such culture to begin with. So that there, the oppression of women is far more severe, and 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 the the women there have only limited, you know, a number of years of tasting what democracy, what the freedom is all about, but it has not been as ingrained. So the, the, the Afghani government probably can get away with murder still, uh, unlike the Iran. And that's why you don't, I think this is one of the reasons you don't see uh, counter-revolution on the part of women in Afghanistan, like in what you see happening in Iran. Now, you know, let's take the conditions that exist today. Uh, and this, this battle, obviously, is going to continue. There is no question about it. How do you see this evolving? That is, where do we go from here? Is this going to continue the tit for tat between the two sides? Uh, is there any other element within the Iranian society that it is looking at it and saying, this is not going anywhere, it's not going to work, it is detrimental to the regime that if we continue to fight our own people, our own population, on something like this, it's affecting our businesses affecting our standing in the international community it's affecting our security also in, in so many different ways it's affecting our educational system i mean this has a massive effect on this on the, on the iranian society in so many different ways when you talk about 50 percent of the population is being discriminated it's an apartheid against women basically that's what it comes down to well what is what is do you think this is going to continue to be fed uh, enough to be sustained for another 10 years, 15 years, if this government, in fact, uh, endure? Um, I think the fight will continue. There is something about it, like, it's, it's there, there, there's something about it that is, uh, like, very different from, like, we had, like, um, like, revolutions or, like, movements and protests before in the past. But this one, I think it's, it was just like uh, because it was it consisted uh, it uh, consisted of women uh, and a cultural um, movement, I think a cultural like, and then as I mentioned, it helped with like crumble of uh, the, the wall of fear in Iran. As I mentioned that uh, this one is different. 
and this is I, I this is the first time like in uh, many years that I I have hope that in a uh, in time uh we can you know we can succeed and we can bring democracy in Iran it's not going to be easy and it's not going to happen like overnight so it's a step by step um like process and uh what I I, I see is like maybe we, we're going to have like protests because like the, uh with this regime you know like this regime is not going to change that's my, my opinion they're not going to change and whatever they say is just a uh, temporary like with the um reformist is just like a period of time and then after that they bring the, you know because they don't want democracy that to begin with so they're, they're they used to have like give a little bit of opening and then bring back the pressure uh and the system is not gonna work any longer in my opinion and so i and then the economy is so bad um that um you know what i i expect is just like a strike protest uh and then suddenly maybe a huge um revolution and people coming to the street again and i, I expect it to like it continues until until like either like uh the regime this you know like the the system that is oppressive Besides the economic pressure, are yeah. there any other, um, I mean, I, I, I sort of distinguish between talking about democracy, but it's democracy that is going to, to take a complete counter-revolutionary movement that is not limited to wearing of the hijab. But are you implying or suggesting that the change has have to be, is going to be gradual? That is, maybe this is this is the beginning of the revolution. It eventually will be further galvanized to a point where other elements are going to be added to it that eventually will lead to counter-revolution movement in order to bring back democracy. Is that what you are suggesting? Yes, yes. I think that's going to happen like a step-by-step, -step, different events, they all come together and then we will have another uh, big revolution be coming to the streets uh, and eventually, you know, during times, it's gonna, it's it's going to uh, win. It brings it brings change. But this is precisely what the regime is afraid of. That is, they know this. If they give in on this, this is going to be only the beginning. Yes. This, this is this is the concern I think they have. That is that is why they continue to resist even minor change like this with a connection with women, notwithstanding business pressure and other kind of pressure, because they feel very strongly, we give in on this one, the public is not going to suffer for just this change, they're going to want more change. Yes. So, so how do you, I mean, I'm merely trying to find out in terms of where you see that going. How do you proceed from that point? If they continue the, the kind of pressure uh, on women, and they don't give in on this particular issue. What other element in the society, pro-democratic element in the society, will be able to come to the fore and begin also to make that kind of noise? Isn't that going to require perhaps simultaneous movement together rather than incremental? Because the incremental, they can crack down on parental moves, like mm -hmm. the wearing of the hijab. They can crack down on that and continue to enforce it. But if there's going to be counter-revolution movement, not incrementally, but demanding a complete change, don't you think that's probably the only way they can tap on this government? I, I think that's, that is true. That is true. That's what you mentioned. It's completely true. I feel like the policy that uh, I've seen so far from the government is just like take back, take everything back to where it was before. Uh, uh, the revolution and it's definitely not going to work and eventually i i see that like uh all these elements like all the pressures and also i want to mention executions like yeah. they, they feel like how many like since uh the beginning of the year uh maybe 200 so far or more and they just like keep and like and for example these executions uh oppression on women economy and closing shutting the businesses all of this they all come together at one point and it, as you mentioned it's not going to be only women it's going to be like different aspects of uh the regime and uh that brings bring, um, brings back um 
like respond from people like they're they're like they there are uh executing people uh in front of a uh, like in a prison and near Tehran and people are protesting uh like in front of that uh, prison right now like that's happening right now in Iran so I think like all all of this they come together and eventually I I hope eventually we see um like the removal of this regime that's my hope well I, I do hope just the same you know it's a tall order you know because uh the 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 one thing they focus on is how to stay in power regardless what's happening with the population and of course you know uh, there is an erosion it's the erosion within the governing authority it's inevitable because you are talking about execution the more people are executed the greater the resentment of the public so it is not it's not a win situation where they execute more and more people the same thing with the greater the crackdown on on women that's going to further erode the, uh, the the authority of the government. So that's, they're paying price for it. Uh, I'm not sure they are sitting and calculating where this is going to lead to. That is, are we going to be able to continue that kind of policy and still stay in power? That is, if there's any prospect, any, that is, in my view, uh, they may very well, so to speak, dig in their own uh, grave by taking these activities, it's a question of becomes only how much longer that's going to take. And will the people have the patience? Will the people be able to, to, to wait? How long can they can actually wait? And then, of course, there is the external pressure. That's a different story altogether in terms of what sort of pressure the international community can put on, on Iran. And let me touch on this point from your perspective. You're working with the United Nations. Uh, how much reception you are getting there, and what are some of the steps are being taken by various uh, organizations? Oh, from that's, your perspective. Yeah, that's a very good point that you mentioned, and uh, because like right now, for example, I don't have access uh, to Iran, and I'm not. I'm sure, like if I was inside Iran, I wasn't able to do anything. But I think international community can really help, as you mentioned, it's just a matter of when, how long they can stay in power. And if they can, if uh, we receive help and support uh, from international community, we can make that shorter. And we can bring democracy in Iran, which is one of the most important countries in the Middle East. Uh, and um, so, yes, you know, like uh, when, uh, of course, uh, I can I cannot say all the countries are supportive, but a like majority of countries, especially like uh, in Western countries and uh, in the USA, um, they're they're very supportive. Uh, they understand the importance of the uh, like women revolution in Iran, and the good thing is that they're no longer um, scared to uh, support anything that you know because before. Uh, it was very hard to uh, make everyone believe that, oh, they're misusing Islam and it's not about Islam and we're not questioning it. And uh, especially I had very hard time to convincing, for example, festivals that like my, if you support my film, for example, it's not putting you in danger. And it doesn't make you know it doesn't make you uh, someone that's or an organization. Uh, you, they're not going to be questioning you as someone that's like anti-Islam, anti-Muslim. And I think like uh, with the uh, with this revolution in Iran and also like the protests that uh, women in Afghanistan are doing. Um, now all these organizations, besides like human rights organizations, then like the larger population, the like as I mentioned, like festivals, for example, they understand that um, when we question, for example, hijab, this is not Islam. So they can they can make the difference. Um, uh, I'm, I'm very glad about it. And uh, so we have um, like they're very uh, supportive. Uh, of any content that is about like that supports uh, the like woman life freedom uh, revolution and that supports Iranian women and like we've seen like uh, festivals uh, at least um, they show support 
um, um, like for example, they had the support in Berlin, they had supports like uh, at Sundance, and um, it wasn't there before. It wasn't there before. Not only that, like they they were scared, and um, I'm like I and I'm very happy for that. Uh, can, you, can you can you name one or two organizations within the United Nations? Uh, uh, um, I actually been listening to you, supporting you, saying something because you are in touch, obviously. Oh yes. Not, um, yeah. So as I mentioned, like um, I do a lot of like um, activism uh, through United Nations Commission on the Status of Women. And yeah. for example, I meet with, for example, Latvian uh, mission. Uh, I met with uh, um, like organizations like uh, international uh, international education, um, Atlantis foundations, uh, women empowerment media, um, uh, human rights foundations. Like all these are organizations that like we're talking uh, with them and. Uh, they either like some of them help us give us um, money to make our, our film, and some of them are um, trying to you know help us with like a screening, Q and A sessions, or uh, things like that, or like so, or, or sometimes it can be just like, oh, we know someone that knows. Uh, for example, we uh, we hope to get like grants from the State Department, and one of the supports that we got from a journalist and. Um, Writers Foundations, that's an organization that works um, with the United Nations Commission of the uh, Commission uh, on the Status of Women, and they're helping us like uh, reach out to the State Department and things like that. So there, there have been like I, I've seen a lot of support, and I also hope that uh, when the film uh, is done, I hope I can get support from festivals, unlike in the past that they were. Um, very scared. Like I can, I can mention. Like they were like, I mean, I, they are they are outside the United States. So the festival handled by Western countries, like in here in the United States, right? Or yes, elsewhere. in the United States. And the United. So why, States, why, why would, why do you think they they're concerned? Why should they be afraid? Of, at that of, time, at that time, like before, because for them. Uh, I think like uh, I don't know like uh, um when was that like it was like in twenty be before I think like the thing is like before um uh, um uh, like the um when Iranian women removed their uh, headscarf and burning it and purchased that um it was uh, they you know because like because of ISIS or, or because of the cases that exist uh like against uh like blasphemy and all that you know like uh I think they were scared by all that uh, media, like Salman Rushdie, you know, like I think they were scared and now they're not as scared because um, I think it comes from uh, Muslim women. It's just Muslim women in the Middle East fighting against ty like tyranny. Uh, and so they see, okay, this, uh, like this voice exists and um, it's safe for them to support it. I think that's that's the change, and that's my hope to also see um, support from festivals. And that's why, like, we want to um, aim uh, bigger festivals like Sundance and bigger names just to bring attention to this uh, situation. Uh, how how often or how are you using social media to promote your work? Um, you know, most of the time I try to be consistent on like posting either like um like sharing um like uh, stories and posts. I, I'm especially more active on uh Instagram because I'm a filmmaker and I can like post visuals like more than anything. Um, compared to for example Twitter, Twitter is not my space that much. Um, yeah, so I, I post like regular, regularly uh, on social media and whenever I see something that is very important, I uh, try to share it and like, um, especially at like some Farsi and like, and also like with one of the organizations, Human Empowerment Media, uh, we made a short film called uh, Unity. Um, it was, it was like a social media campaign uh, that invited uh, Iranian, especially um inside Iran and uh, especially uh, the diaspora, uh, inviting them to be united to achieve our goal, uh, despite all our differences in opinion, 
in the job in our, in whatever we do, especially like in political opinion, it's it's not important. The the only importance is just like become we become all come uh and we uh, go um and we support the cause which is like democracy in Iran. Um, and we shared that, uh, especially like we put some Farsi translations and then put that on social media and share that. And uh, also showing it to um, like some events to organizations. Um, and it's important, like it's important to um, tell uh, Western people that this What's is- the Yes, <clears throat> yes, that is happening. Uh, people in Iran are united, the diaspora uh is united and we're just um you know taking actions and this continues like it's it's continuing i think the most important thing is just like making everyone like the media and these organizations uh and platforms um understand that the fight still is still going on i think that that should be our main message is there any any other individual that's worked with you, helping you in this in your campaign in your efforts at this? Yes, at this point? I have I have a producer. Actually, she's Chinese, and um, and um, you know, if there's anyone who understands like oppression, that's her. Yeah. And yeah, so she's very supportive of me, and uh, hopefully we um, you know, we can continue to build our team gradually. As we get closer to the date that we want to start filming, um, and uh, we will have like a, a team by then, soon, hopefully, like by end of June. That's our day. Well, that's a great. You know, I really, really admire your work, and I think, I think it's a bit specifically also. You know, I, as I said, you know, I, human rights issues very close to my heart, and. Uh, and is there anything else you would like to add uh, before we conclude? Um, um, not really, but I just uh, you know I think that that's like, uh, like the for your Western uh, audiences, it's just like I the only thing I want to emphasize is just like the um you know just remember that, um, this the fight for democracy and freedom still going on. It's still going on in Iran and Afghanistan. I want to mention. Uh, Afghan women here as well because they don't get much coverage uh, and uh, please support us um, especially if you can uh, take any actions like uh, supporting any laws um, I think that's the that's the best um, way to defeat any dictators well thank you so much for taking the time you know there's no question really for me this is a cause just the same, and uh, we'll do everything we can, needless to say. So thank you again. Thank you for listening to this episode on the issues. You can find this podcast on my SoundCloud page. And stay tuned to my social media accounts for the latest analysis and announcements.